Blog Talk Radio. The headlights are a cut in the fog on a midnight highway. And 18 wheels are a driving through the dawn. There's a Blue Ridge Mountain sunrise filling the mirror. Ashtrays full, the coffee's almost gone And the truckers heading west to Colorado Passing the miles with his friends on the CB coast And tonight the truck stops somewhere out in nowhere And tomorrow's the wind and the open road Riding that diesel wine Chasing that long white line Dropping that load on time And he's going home Hi everybody and welcome to the Interactive Internet I'm your host Pete Burr Welcoming you to the show And hang on a second folks We got another call on another line Hang on Okay, folks, I'm back with you, and uh, I'm in the process of unloading in uh, New Jersey, and then uh, I'm going to be heading over to Long Island, and apparently um, there is a pretty good storm coming in. Uh, Blizzard's going to be coming in. Uh, Lou, hi. Hey. Uh, How are you? I I I just got to the place that I need to unload. Um, the guy just called just a minute before you called in. He called and said that they would be here in about 15 minutes, and they're going to have to help me back in because this is a really bad place to back in. Okay. So, so when they get here, you're going to have to take over the show. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, this, this is on a little kind of a V-shaped cul-de-sac, and it's a real bad place to back up. Ooh, yeah, it doesn't sound good. No, no, I kind of have to half blindside into this thing. Anyway, folks, um, yeah, this is your, your Blizzard special from New York. Um, apparently, they're talking about 18 to 24, 28 inches of snow, um, maybe heavier amounts over towards eastern Long Island, and that's where I'm going as soon as I am right here. Um, I've got to be in Long Island at 5 a.m., and normally it's about an hour and a half drive from here. Uh, the snow is not supposed to start until probably mid-morning. It's going to be a little flurries tonight, but the main part of the storm, and I was just looking at it, the main part of the storm is still 
Illinois, Indiana, uh, into Ohio, and Western PA. So it's, it's headed in this direction. And I said that it was going to go south of I-70, traveling east, and then it was going to make a turn to the northeast. And where it turns and where the center of the storm goes depends, it, it's going to be dependent on who gets how much snow. Regardless of that, Long Island, you may as well figure it's going to get a lot of snow. That's where I'm going to be tonight. I may wind up unloading in the morning on Long Island and then not having any place to go. Because my last stop is supposed to be uh, in lower Manhattan. So I have no idea what's going to happen, folks. All I know is it's nice and calm right now. And everybody is, is just going crazy, going to the store, getting the milk, bread, and eggs. You know, every time somebody says blizzard, the stores sell out of milk, bread, and eggs. So anyway, Lou, that's what's going on. Um, the guys are supposed to be on their way over here so that we can get this thing unloaded, and I'll be heading out towards Long Island. Okay. Now, he said... They would be here in about 15 minutes. I'm not holding uh-huh. my breath on this. Because at the last minute, they could say, well, we couldn't find anybody to, to come help. And mm-hmm. this, stuff, this stuff has to be hand on mm-hmm. There's no There's no forklift involved in this. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you got that swinging that, Yeah, that's uh, that's right, and that's uh, that's what's going on. I'm kind of halfway, I'm I'm perked kind of halfway in front of the door. It's going to be 15 minutes for me to get this trailer back down in the doorway. I mean, this this place is really bad to get into. Mm. I'm surrounded by I, I have buildings on two sides, uh, a private parking lot in front of me where normally I could just like pull straight up and then back into the door. A uh, There's one of those barriers across half of that. And, I mean, this... I, I've done this in the daytime when I played it. But now we're doing it at night and it's going to be even worse. Yeah. The only thing I can hope for is they're getting enough of guys that can carry this stuff, you know, from the trailer that can carry it inside. Mm-hmm. Where I don't have to back it. Uh, but most of the time I've got to back in because they have to put a rail belt, you know, an overhead conveyor belt uh, into the trailer so that they can get their stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that, that's what's going on. I've been uh, ahead of this storm all the way. Uh, I hit freezing rain and fog over in western PA last night, and I couldn't see, and that's why I'm late getting here. Because I was supposed to be here at seven o'clock this morning. Seven o'clock this morning. But when I got um when I got out of West Virginia into into western PA, um, all that rain started turning to ice. And I said, Well heck with that, I'm pulling in the truck stop. Uh took me about a almost an hour just to find a parking place and I had to go to another truck stop. No, that's not good to anyway, have all that ice and this storm coming in. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm away from that. Um, the roads and everything here in uh, in northern New Jersey and all are are fairly dry because the snow hasn't really melted. There's uh, there's a lot of snow, you know, burned up along the streets and along the interstates, but there isn't any, uh, you know, it, it hadn't gotten warm enough to uh, to melt it and let it flow across the road. Okay. Anyway, tell me what's going on with you. I see a car coming. I don't know if it's one of my guys or somebody else. Yeah, this is one of my guys. I'm going to have to go, Lou, so you're going to have to take over the show for a while. Okay. All right. And just whatever you want to do, just go right ahead. It's your show for a bit. Well, I haven't been in the news this week, so I have no idea half the stuff that's going on. So that's going to be a problem. <clears throat> All I know is what's been going on here weather-wise. Um, we had enough rain. Trying to think what day it was. Friday. Started about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and... It went the majority of the night. When I got up to go to work Saturday morning, it was supposed to have gotten cold Friday night during the night, but it didn't because when I got up, it was still in the 60s. I had been awake. I was awake for a couple hours at least during the night. I have no idea why. It just happens. And it was like 68 degrees. Like This is summertime weather, not... uh, wintertime weather, but when I got, finally, I went back to thinking when I finally got up, it had dropped, and it never warmed up anywhere near the 60s all day Saturday, and last night, it really dropped, when at 8.30 this morning, when I got up, because on Sundays when I work, I don't have to be in as early, I I don't have to leave in the almost dark because to get to where I need to be, I have to leave at 7.30. But this morning at 8.30, it was still only 36 degrees. That's cold for Florida. And it appears it's going to be that way at least through the middle of the week. And we're not going to get much above 60 or 63 the whole week. So... We're going to have a a little week of some winter. But the rains were so heavy. Number one, it sounded like the roof was going to cave in the building that I work in. And everything's flooded. Everything around here flooded. We have a little woods area across the road from me because I live outside of town. And it stays under, it's been staying underwater for the last several months. When it tops, it goes into my neighbor's yard if we get enough of it, and it floods out his areas of his front yard. And, of course, he's got puppies like I do. <clears throat> so the puppies have fun. I have, she's not with me now, she's with my son down a little further south from, from where I am at, She's like a little kid, 
especially a little boy, you know. I can walk here and here and here, but look, way over there is a, a mud puddle. There's water. I need to go that way. That's the way she was. She'd find the water, and she'd be in it. And she is still that way. She always will be, I guess. But mainly, um, you know, we're having roller coaster weather, which growing up and so forth, I used to we used to call pneumonia weather because it's hot one day, cold the next, or hot in the daytime, cold at night, and you don't know. You go to work, you're you're bundled up, or if you go in later, you're not bundled up at all. But when you get done, you need to bundle up, and you just you can't dress appropriately. The whole time you're at work, if you dress for going home, you're going to be roasting. So if you dress for work so that you don't roast all day and have a problem there, you're going to freeze when you go home. So take your pick. It's a roller coaster. Um, we need the rains. We don't need that much at one time, but we do need the rains. We always, everybody always needs rain because you've got to get the aquifers filled back up. And out where I am, uh, our water is on pump. So we need to make sure that our well stays filled up enough to accommodate and so forth. Um... If I had my computer available, I could look and see what's going on in the news, but I do not have it available. For the last, I'd say almost a month, Pete's been in all that weather, the storms, the snow, the ice. And he's he's had some interesting times. It's not been bad. He, he knows what he's doing. I don't like driving in it at all in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't particularly care for it, but he's good at it. He is very good at it. And this load he's got now, you know, like we said, there's no forklifts involved. It has to be carried off. Um, Sundays where I work, this Sunday today really wasn't. We had a couple of spurts of busy, busy, but it wasn't that busy. Um, not like it was last week. Last week it was much busier. During the week it's been beautiful. We've had uh, enough going on that it makes the days go. This is my the last day of my long week of work. I'm on a rotating schedule. One week I have a day and a half off, and the next week I basically, you know, from Monday to Monday, I basically only work two days and still get all my hours. So... My long week, I'm finishing up now. I'm off the next couple of days, and I can do some things here at the house. Um, we are in the process of looking for a new eye doctor. We haven't gotten one yet, but even without one, we've been holding our own quite well, which is good. You know, the uh, the eyewear business is is funny. When everybody else has their peak times and so forth, we're going to be slow because, let's face it, you don't give eyeglasses for Christmas, clothes and toys and, you know, all kinds of other stuff, but you don't give glasses. Not very often anyway. If you've got teenagers, you may give contact lenses if they, you know, if they're old enough now to get contacts, you can give them that, you know, the exam and the contacts for a Christmas present and they'd be tickled to death. 
but not glasses. Most teenagers would rather get out of the glasses, which is why they're bugging you for contacts, and always will. It's good for their image. Although I think glasses are cute, and I think glasses can enhance an image. You can do a lot of things with glasses. You can make a statement. Um, <clears throat> for the uh, the bigger um, kind of roundish, or even not quite cat eye like there was in the the sixties, but that same idea. And especially the girls, you know, they like the bigger ones. They they love the the style of that. Because let's face it, fashion-wise, what goes around comes around. Every 20, 30 years, an old fashion comes back in one form or another. So, yeah, the bigger glasses are back in. But you can say, hey, you know, I'm intelligent. I'm a bookworm. I'm a librarian. Whatever. This is what I'm after. And, you know, they, they go for the look showing intelligence and so forth. Girls are not like they used to be. You know, it used to be they um, they would downplay their intelligence because most guys weren't interested in the intelligence. The tables have turned now. The guys are learning that, hey, you know, she's got some smarts. She's somebody I can talk to. I can talk with. We can, you know, we can have good conversations. It's really hard to have a good conversation with somebody that doesn't understand a darn thing of what you're talking about. So the more you learn, the more fun you can have. <clears throat> I'm trying to think here what all. Um, today is one of my kids' birthdays, so he stopped in the work and his mail comes here, and he I take it to work, and then because it's about the halfway point, and he meets me there, and he picks up his mail, and we have a little time to visit. We visit on phone and so forth anyway, but you know he comes in. So today was his is his birthday, and he's uh, I can't believe that uh, if I did like most females, I would have three kids older than me. That's kind of hard to do. I have some friends that have done just that. You know, one the one gal said, I've been 29 for so many years, and now I have to be 39 because my kids turn 30. I said, no, nope, I tell mine like it is. doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I'm proud of the fact that I am really getting up there in years and things that I have accomplished in my life, and I've, I've accomplished a few things. I'm pretty proud of some of the stuff that I've done, and I am very proud of my four kids. They are good kids. They never got into trouble. Um, they're smart. They've always been pretty smart. So I've got one that works at a bank, and <clears throat> one like me works in a in a box store, but there's nothing wrong with that either. In fact, she's uh, got enough years in if she wanted to, if if her timing is right, 
she could retire. She's been there over 20 years in it with that company. So she's got a lot invested there. Um, my son is, was a licensed respiratory therapist. And where the license part comes in is if they need to do a test called blood gases. And what they have to do is they have to actually be able to go in the artery in the wrist to get the blood because that's where the gases are going to be and then do the test from that. And he said that's one of the hardest things for people to pass is the ability to do that. Giving shots is nothing. Drawing from a main vein really is nothing if you have half an idea as to what you're doing. But he said the blood gases are difficult, and they are. I've, I've seen what they go through. And I just had one of those tests, and I'll tell you, the lady that uh, drew my blood gases, she did not leave a mark on me anywhere except the little pinprick from where the needle went in. That's hard to do. I know I'm, uh, of all my different doctors that have to draw blood with me, I never get out with a bruise somewhere. And a bruise basically is the blood that seeped out from the vein and kind of wrapped itself around. That's really what the bruise is all about. It's the blood that spilled out. So you didn't know that, which I'm sure most people nowadays know that. Um, hmm. Even though my son took the one dog, I still have two dogs and a cat here. And the cat thinks she's dog. Because she'll hear the dogs start barking about something if I leave the door open and they're out on the front porch because I have a screened-in porch. They figure that this street belongs to them. Nobody should be driving on it. So if they hear a car coming and they see the lights, they're going to be out there and they're going to bark at it. And the cat has to go see what it is they're barking at and see if she needs to uh, be involved. And my one dog, she's at least part golden retriever. So you've got this pretty big dog, 50-pound big dog, and this little bitty 10-pound or so cat. So... The dog is laying there chewing on one of her two sticks or whatever, and the cat decides she's bored. So she goes over and she attacks the dog. And the dog just lays there and lets her do it. And the next thing I know, I have to get my feet up off the floor or put them where they can't get at them because the race is on. The dog will chase the cat somewhere either onto the porch or into the kitchen, and then we will reverse, and the cat will chase the dog out. And they just have a blast. If the dogs get caught in the rain and get wet, they'll be laying on the living room floor, and I'll look over, and here's the cat giving them a bath, getting them dry, getting all that rain off of them, what I couldn't towel off them. She has to make sure I did my job correctly. And she's decided that by 7 in the morning I need to be up because she wants me to be up. The dogs are perfectly willing to go stay asleep, but no, not the cat. So she'll get up and she'll harass me by dumping everything off my end table. 
luckily the water I take to bed is in a bottle with a cap on it. Otherwise, she'd have that all over everywhere. Because she tries to knock, literally knock everything off. And then she'll sit there and look at it and think she's, you know, she's very proud of herself. So we fight about that. So the other morning I thought, aha, I got her. I had to be up by 6.30 and she wasn't quite willing to get up yet. But I made her get up. Did you do it to me? I'm going to do it to you. So she followed me in the kitchen and she decided I wasn't getting her breakfast fast enough so she kind of yelled at me until I got it and then she was fine and then she had to go find out why the dogs hadn't come in yet because she had to be with them. They're characters. Animals are really, really funny. And several, quite a few years ago, um, my son gave me some turtles. Two of them have escaped. I had four and my one son-in-law brought me two more, so I had six, but I'm back down to four now. At least I have four in the yard in the pond. And they're big. They have gotten quite big over the years that I've had them. And we have rescued two that were born from the pond turtles. One is um, a year and a half old. And the other one we got in May. I just went out the front door and he's sitting there on the little bit of sidewalk I have looking up at me. Brought him in and we put him in a dish with water. So he's got his little aquarium. And the other one is really getting very, very big. He's really too big for the aquarium that he's in. But I've got to um, fix the uh, fencing around the pond so that he can't get out if he decides to take off. But once I get that fixed, then he can go out in the pond and the little one can go into the aquarium where he'll have more room to swim and do whatever he's going to do and and grow. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to raise turtles, but that's what I guess I'm doing. I didn't really plan on having babies, but my son always wanted to see if he could raise one. And that's where actually how we got the first one. We had one the the year prior, but my grandson came in and told my son about it. And by the time they got back outside, he had disappeared. So they had no idea where he got off to. And they are aquatic turtles, so they've got to be in water. And... Quite a few months later, they found a shell in the uh, the driveway area of our yard and, you know, a baby turtle shell. So it was either the one that my grandson had seen or it was one of the others because we have no idea how many hatched. Because the first time we tried hatching them, we tried putting them in an aquarium and we tried moving them to a better area. You know, so nothing would happen to them. Thinking we could keep our eye on them and so forth. Well, it turned out that we had an underground predator that ate all the eggs. Because when we figured they should have been born, they weren't. So my son very carefully started digging where he had, he had put them. And there were no eggs anywhere in that area. So 
snake or something went underground and got them all. So now we just, you know, if they make it where there's enough dirt area and so forth around the pond area for the mamas to lay, if they make it and survive, hey, great. It's really terrific. I think we're going to wind up eventually. The VA here in uh, our little town has the most beautiful landscaping. And they have a brook. It's big. It's huge. It's, I don't know how many yards long. Like a like a river, actually. And that place is full of turtles. So that's where we ultimately will turn them loose because they're pretty much protected there. They really are. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So they would be fine. They can get out of the water when they need to sun themselves and they can get in the water when they need the protection. So that'll work too. I don't know what else. Let's see. I know nothing about any celebrities or anything like that because, like I said, this has been my week to really work. And I don't watch a whole lot. I particularly don't watch the news most of the time. It's gotten to where most of the news is just nothing but problems anyway. And we know I'm an opinionated person. I have always been that. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? I guess Brian's at home doing his little vacation time. Because <clears throat> normally he would join join us on here and then I could let him do some talking. Or we have our have conversations about different things also. I haven't heard anything about any problems in other countries. I know I'll be glad when we don't have any problems anymore if that will ever happen. It would be nice if it would, but I've given up on people getting along anymore. Hello? Hey. Yeah, um, they're unsealing the trailer here, so I have a few minutes before they back it, in, back it all around the resort. Good, it's your turn. I, I don't know. I don't have anything to talk about. It just took me 20 minutes to back in this. Wow. Yeah, this place is a mess. Anyway, they're, they're opening doors. i got to back it up a couple more feet. And um, then I'll have, I don't know, maybe a half hour for them to unload it, something like that. Okay, well, we've got about... Uh, yeah, we've got about... Uh-huh. 25 minutes left. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't hear what you were saying because I had two people guiding me back here. That's all right. We just talked about the weather, the turtles, the animals, you know, the puppies and the kitties and how they play and so forth. Yeah. The weather. Because I yeah. honestly have, don't have hardly anything going on. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Thank <laughs> you. 
backing it up. Ah, quite a few years ago, a friend of ours gave me a navel orange tree that I planted. And I'm finally getting some decent fruit off of it. I tried one of the oranges, oh, just after New Year's, and it was still a little bit tough, I guess, would be the word for it. I don't think it had been quite long enough. I'm going to try another one here in the next uh, week or so. See how that goes. See how it is. But it, I mean, it was reasonably sweet, which was okay. I hear that little bit of break in his his phone. That's the okay. other thing to repeat. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm all right now. Cool. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to get this window up, be a little more quieter. Uh, from what I understand, I was talking about that blizzard. From what I understand, it's supposed to blow through Monday and Tuesday and be backed up in the 30s and 40s on Wednesday here. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's an Alberta clipper that's coming through. It's going to um, it's going to go basically uh, through Maryland and Virginia, northern Virginia, D.C., and then it's going to make a hook to the left and head up the coast. Uh, and like I said before, where it tracks a little bit closer into the coast, they can have uh, snow further inland. If it if it goes out to sea a little bit, then you know maybe Long Island, Connecticut, um, Cape Cod, and all that. Mm-hmm. But right now they're talking about New York City. They're talking about somewhere around eight to twelve inches, and Long Island could be twenty eight inches. Wow! I know from what my brother-in-law used to tell me when New York City would get snow. Everything shut down. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be out on Long Island for hours. In about two hours, I'm going to go out to Long Island. I'll get out there before the snow, and I just talked to my dispatch in Denver and told her, I said, I'm unloading here. I'm going to go out to Long Island. I'll make it to the place. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. But at least I'll have two deliveries made. Yeah. And the third, the third one is going to be in Lower Manhattan. And normally, what we do, folks, is we park. You know, there's there's street parking along the, the the curb, and then the trucks come in and double park long enough to get back in some place, deliver, pick up, and get out of there. So, so that's why when you see pictures of New York City streets you'll see everybody double and triple parts, and that's why, because we're making pickups and deliveries. But what I didn't take into consideration earlier today to do was when they have a snow emergency, nobody gets to park on the street. 
So I may not be able to get, you know, what may happen is I might get into lower Manhattan and I may have to just keep circling the block until it's my time to get in there. Mm-hmm. This, this could wind up being uh, a real mess tomorrow. Yeah, it could. And it wouldn't take much to make it happen either. Now, um, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to get my stuff off on Long Island at 5 a.m. If I can get into the city, I'm thinking somewhere before 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, I think I'll be all right. I can get those going off. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I may wind up sitting, um, and I have very few places to sit if there's a snow emergency, um, then I can't go and uh, and park on a, on a street someplace. I have um, two places. I have three places on Long Island. Uh, two of them are, are what they call text the uh, interstate, kind of like a little rest area. In New York, they call them text stops mm-hmm. because you're supposed to pull in and do your texting and then pull out. So I have two of those, and then I have uh, a building that's up for sale right around the corner from my customer, and it has a huge parking lot. Um, a lot of us go in there and park waiting to uh, to get to the customer. We'll go in there and park, and then turn, and then you, you drive around the block to their place and then load. I can get into there, but like I said, that place is for sale. Um, so if they get 12 inches of snow, I'd be sitting in a parking lot with 12 inches of snow. Mm-hmm. And and nobody would come by to plow it out. Yeah. So I have the two check stops on Long Island. And then I, I got to thinking about it on the way over here, and I thought, well, I'm going to Hunts Point Market and pay to park, and I can park in their truck holding lot you know, because they have two or three big holding lots in there. Um, I can park in there. There's a couple of restaurants. There's a bar. Uh, it's all, you know, secured parking and all that. Plus, they have the, uh, the snow plows come through all the time and everything. Uh, they keep that clear, at least. So there's another potential possibility is I can go into Hunts Point Market and park there for the duration of the storm. At least mm-hmm. I'll have a secure place to park. Uh, I have restaurant food. I just bought Taylor uh, a fresh bag of dog food. It's like a uh, 50-pound bag, something like that. So that should that should hold her for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a little bit of groceries that I always carry with me. I, I stopped and got, uh, got a meatloaf dinner, so I have that. Uh, I just started that when the show started. Mm. But, you know, folks, when you hear about a blizzard or you hear about inclement weather or one sort or another, make it generally carry a little bit of groceries with me at all times. But I knew I was coming into New York City, and I knew that there was two storms coming through. One came through yesterday, the day before, and then now this one is coming through tomorrow. I knew all that. So when I left Denver, I stopped in Colby, Kansas, 
at uh, at the Walmart that I usually stop at, and I picked up a little extra uh, as far as drinks and you know some some dry human food and, and the dog food and all that. I prepared myself so that when I got here, northern New Jersey and New York, ready to go. I didn't have to buy any more food. Well, every time I stop someplace, I'll buy like a couple of snack crackers or uh, I found those little, you know, those little uh, fruit pies, Lou? Um, they're, they're probably about, what, five or six inches long, a little, the little fruit pies that you get. And usually you see them in apple or cherry. Okay. You know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. So the square, the ones in the square box, or the uh... yeah, yeah, the ones in the square box. Okay, yeah, we carry them. Okay, I found um, when I was over at Smithson, I I pulled into the Fly and J. There wasn't any room, so I pulled over to the Sitco, which is an independent uh, little truck stop. And I went in there this morning, and I I you know got a gallon jug of water for Taylor and a couple other things, and I was looking at those fruit pies. They have key lime pie, fruit pies. Mm-hmm. I got me some key lime pie, fruit pies. <laughs> I, I love key lime pie. I've not try, I haven't tried them. <clears throat> my mother-in-law loved key lime pie, too, but I've, I've never tried them. Of course, my, my total favorite is going to be the real lemon meringue. Um, I think they have a lemon, I think they have a lemon custard. Yeah. In that, but yeah. But of course, you know, there's my apple, and I, I like but cherry and peach and blueberry. They, yeah. had, they had all that. They had and and they had key lime pie. So I grabbed a couple of those. Mm-hmm. I tried one. It's it's you know it's processed food. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you can you can taste key lime in it. Uh-huh. Well, that's what now, it's all as about. I, as far as I know, if it says key lime pie, it has to have mines from the Florida Keys. <laughs> it, it's like champagne. You cannot call a sparkling wine champagne unless it was bottled in the Champagne region of France. That's true. Okay. Well, anyway, you know, the point being is, Oh, yeah, and I also um, stopped off my fuel tanks. So I didn't know how long I was going to be sitting out there on, on Long Island. And I, I went ahead and uh, topped off my fuel tanks, and I'm still reading just about three-quarter tanks. So I, okay. have, I, I have probably about 200 gallons available in the tractor. Now, I I, I know... The average diesel engine will idle and burn somewhere between 1.25 and one and a half gallons per hour. Mm-hmm. So I have about a hundred hours worth. Of, you know, using it sparingly. Um, if I knew I was going to be setting for an extended period of time, then what I would do is I would shut off. You know, I would let the heat build up in the truck. I'd shut off the engine crawl up underneath my my, quilt, my blankets and everything, and when it got too cold, I'd crank the engine up and let it run for a half hour and then shut it off again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you definitely want to make sure you do is when you do crank it up, you want to put it on a high idle for a while so that you charge your batteries up. Mm-hmm. Because if you just if you just low idle a car or a diesel truck, alternator will not kick in, and what happens is you will drain your battery. If you have a single battery, you're kind of screwed. If you have mm-hmm. like me, I've got, you know, on the diesel trucks, they have three or four batteries. Plus, I have a reefer unit with another battery on it, and I can always start that up and take a jumper cable between the, between the hot side of the reefer battery to the hot side of the truck battery, and I can charge my batteries up. Plus, I have a 50-gallon reefer fuel tank of diesel, and um, if worse comes to worst and I needed 20 gallons, I could siphon it out of there and put it back in the truck. So I have all of these options, but the options have to be there prior to you getting into a situation. And like I said, folks, you know, I, I waited as close as I could to New York so that I could fuel the truck up, so I had plenty of fuel, I got water, I got groceries, um, got everything, including the toilet paper. So I'm I'm based out here for, I could live in this truck right now as it is. I could live in this truck for about five days. And, you know, if you knew you were going to be stranded in a vehicle for an extended period of time, you get yourself comfortable and you go to sleep. Now, as long as you are warm and sleeping, your body metabolism slows down. Hang on a second here. Let me see what this guy is doing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Paperwork. Paperwork. Huh? Like I say, it's not over so paperwork. Yet. But anyway, you know, the point is, is, you know, if you're going to be stranded, like if you get in a snowbank out in the middle of rural Colorado, um, first things first is find yourself a bright piece of cloth to tie it up on your car antenna or up high someplace so that people can see you if you're out there. Because once the whiteout, once the blizzard covers your car, nobody would know you're there. Though. So you want to put a flag up that somebody's there and can. Usually, if you put three flags, three, three of anything, three gunshots, three honks of the horn, um, three columns of smoke, that means that that is a internationally recognized distress signal. So hang up three bright pieces of cloth. People will know something's going on there. Get yourself comfortable. Make sure that you have, um, if it's snowing, make sure that your exhaust is clear. Um, or it's not getting snow built up because that's a good way to get carbon monoxide poison. Glory of everything that you have in the car, get yourself comfortable and be prepared to camp out. Like I said, once you get comfortable and you're warm and everything, if you can shut your vehicle off for an hour at a time, you're going to save that much gas. You're going to live longer. And there are people, literally, who have been snowbound for days out in the Colorado wilderness, and they survive. 
they survived because, number one, they didn't panic. Number two, they got themselves comfortable. Number three, they took a nap. And I say take a nap, your body metabolism slows down, which means you're not going to eat all your food the first day. You want to ration it out. You want to eat just enough food to uh, to keep you healthy in that day. And take a lot of naps. That's always a good thing to do. Make sure that you're not in an enclosed vehicle where you could die of carbon monoxide poisoning. But other than that, um, the main thing is to relax, take it easy, take naps, wait it out. Don't try and walk anywhere, especially in a blizzard situation. You can get lost feet from a building, literally. So you don't want to walk around. You want to get yourself warm and dry and comfortable. Um, any, anything else, Lou, that you could add on to that? Um, no, well, you need to have water and you need to have warm blankets in your vehicle at all times, especially in the wintertime up there. Things you should always carry with you. Um, I don't know about snack foods because it's kind of hard to do that. Hang on, Lou. I can go. All right, hang on, Lou. Go ahead. I got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, always have some some nice warm thermal type blankets, um, water. You can always get jugs of water. And I'm talking where you can get at them. It's, you know, a lot of people like to put all that stuff in the trunk. And if you get stranded, that's not necessarily going to be an area you can get at. Unless your back seat folds down and you can get through there, then you'd be okay. But be prepared, as the Boy Scouts say. Always be prepared. We always had kitty litter in the car. So that if we happened to slide or something and get stuck, we could at least rock our way out. And it also helped to add weight to the back end so you didn't do a whole lot of fishtailing in some of that packed snow or ice. That's the one thing I hated the most was having to drive in that kind of weather, and in very, I worked 30 miles from home, and I would get caught four times a winter in a blizzard to get home, and about the time I would finally get there, my family was suiting up jackets and boots and what have you to come out and try and find me. I'd make it home. I'd just plug along. I might only be doing about 20 miles an hour, if that, some places. Luckily, it's not a heavily, where we lived was not a real heavily populated area, so we didn't have bumper-to-bumper traffic. The only thing I had to worry about was, was I on the right side of the road? So I was, I, I used my flashers. I'm, I'm not afraid to use flashers. 
It lets people know you're there. The same thing with the rains here. We'll have some. We'll have heavy enough downpours here in Central Florida that you, Lee, and no exaggeration, cannot see five or ten feet in front of you. It's like you're packed in a, a fog bank and you there's no way out. And I will get in the right-hand truck lane and I will have my flashers on and I will go only as fast as I know my car can handle without hydroplaning. And I'm the same way on packed snow I had no trouble driving on. Black ice, the one time I had to do my own driving on black ice, I dumped my car. I had two choices, oncoming traffic or a hill where I could be flipped. And the third choice was the ditch, which I took. I went for the ditch, got myself calmed down, and I rocked my way out of the ditch, and I very carefully made it back home. And I didn't hit anybody. That was my main concern, was being hit or or hitting someone. So I was very, very careful there. But I think it's beautiful. I love the snow, but I would prefer being where I could look out big picture windows with the trees and so forth and just watch the wildlife and the beautiful countryside and stay in where I was warm with heat and fireplace. I think a fireplace is fantastic in the wintertime, especially if you have snow because there's nothing... No better picture, I think, than that. I think it's beautiful. So, we don't have snow here, although we have had snow here. One year we had a a very light dusting, but it was snow. And my son was up early enough that he was able to take a picture of it. And he put it up on his Facebook page. It was so funny. I remember in California, I was at my girlfriend's in Bakersfield, California. And, yeah, it gets cold in California. It gets really cold in the wintertime. But I could hear voices. It's like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and I could hear voices, and I couldn't figure out what was going on until I looked outside and saw the snow, and I mean, we're not talking about a dusting. There was a good, um, at least a foot of snow. I mean, the city of Bakersfield pretty much stopped. Nobody went to school. Nobody went to work. They just went out and had fun in the snow. And it had been, my girlfriend that I was visiting, it had been probably about 40 years, 30 or 40 years since she had seen snow and she was having a heyday. We were out playing in it and walking in it and it was a lot of fun. But nobody had to go anywhere and that was the best part. So, yeah, do as the Boy Scouts say and be prepared if you're going to be, if there's even the slightest chance that you could get stuck somewhere for any reason. Hello? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm back, and I got my uh, computer back set up. 
so that we can finish the show off. Which it is time. Huh? It is time. Yeah, yeah. I said I, I, I'm logging back into my computer so we can finish the show off. Okay. Anyway. That's right. Well, that's why they say it. You need to be prepared, folks. Don't let life catch you off guard. Or try not to. Uh, anyway, Lou, I appreciate you uh, filling in here while I uh, while I was trying in trying to back into this joint. Not a problem. Okay. All right. Well, I think I'm going to sit here for a minute, dinner when we close the show out, and then I'll. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm keeping an eye on the radar. I've got. Uh, I have a real nice Nine News weather app, Nine News out of Denver weather app, on my uh, iPhone, so I can look at the radar while I'm driving and make sure that everything is all right. Don't get caught, uh, un, you know, unaware. Anyway, uh, Lou, go ahead and finish off. Uh, do you have anything uh, to add? Go right ahead. No, I, basically I, I uh, covered it with, you know, if you can get, like, crackers or something like that, something that you know you can leave in the vehicle that's not going to spoil or what have you, and definitely water. Because you can go without eating for a long time, but you do need water. And snow is a good place to get water, but it's not always clean. So if you can get water, hey, it doesn't hurt. But definitely the blankets to keep warm with, especially if you do run out of gas and can't keep your vehicle going. Right. So that's basically about it. Just be careful and be safe. Okay. All right, well, anyway, um, so I'm going to have to try and get back into my studio because uh, when this thing locked me out, it shut my uh, Internet connection off, too. Mm. I'm having a problem with my Internet connection. Okay, there we go. All right, well, anyway, uh, I think we're over time, but that's all right. Over time, over budget. Sounds just like the government, doesn't it, folks? <laughs> well, Lou, I will um, talk to you tomorrow sometime after uh, after I figure out what's going to happen next. Okay. I'm off tomorrow, so anytime. Okay. All right, good. If you're in the northeastern United States, please pay attention to the weather. Don't get caught out in it. And if you do, be prepared to... Uh, stay a while. Uh, anyway, we'll see what happens, and uh, I'll tell you all about it next Sunday right here on uh, the Interactive Internet with myself, Pete Carr, and Lou, and uh, I was supposed to message Brian, and I didn't, but that's okay. Brian has a lot of other things he's involved in right now. 
uh, moving from one job to another. Uh, thanks, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will try for the closing theme. See you here next Sunday. Again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through, just like you always do. Don't know where Don't know where